I'd like to return once again to shamatha without a sign. A sign, just for a reminder, in this, it's nimitta, which is that ter- one term is used for many, for many things. Here it means kind of a, a target, a target, something that you direct your attention to. Okay, just that simple. And so here's there's no vector for attention, as you well know now. You're just resting at home. But I'm going to introduce the the kind of the penultimate or almost last phase of this practice as taught by Padmasambhava. I haven't taught it this time in this retreat. And I want to give a very brief introduction so when I'm actually, when we're doing the meditation, you don't kind of just wonder how on earth do you do this. And that is, as some of you will already know, this entails directing the attention up, straight up in the sky, to the right, to the left, down, to the heart. And so when we do this, you might very well think, okay, well, I'll, I'll visualize something up there. And then I'll visualize to the right and so forth, which means then you're right back into meditating on a sign because you've given your like, almost like skeet, you know, shoot up something and then, okay, I got it. It's not that. It's not that. And so, but I found a little analogy or kind of a parallel that works very, very, clo- very closely. So I'd like you to all be very quiet for a moment. And see if you can, can you pick up the sound that's quite distant way off to my right? It's coming from a long distance away, way off to my right. Can you, can you hear that sound? See if you can, you have much better ears than I do. Because I, I don't pick up anything out there. <laughs> Now, but, I, but I, <laughs> I, I mean, there is a sound, and if you have very, very good hearing, you'll definitely pick up something over there. If you have a dog's ears or something like that, you, you know, you do very well. The point there was when I, I said that, you didn't need to visualize something, a half kilometer or one kilometer. You didn't need to visualize anything. And you were directing your attention far away. When I said it's, it's coming from a long distance away, then we know, it to do, we know how to do that. If I say, can you hear something behind me or above you? Can you hear the airplane going, on, going by overhead right now, you know, two miles up? Um, you know how to do that. But it doesn't entail visualization, but it does entail simply directing your attention, sending out an antenna, okay, anything there, anything there? And unless your, eye, your ears are better than mine, when you, when you attended way off to my right, you didn't pick up anything, right? But you were attending way off in that, in that space. So that's for the auditory field, right? And now we're going to do something very similar, but in a mental field. So we'll direct the attention straight up at the space above us, one kilometer, one light year, you know, 20 light years, whatever you like, just as far as you can. But it's not giving yourself a target, like a little dot or something like a ball to look at. But just like we did, you didn't need to visualize, visualize a sound to direct your attention way off to my right. But you were directing your attention off into that auditory space. So in a similar fashion, uh, as, we, as we come to that phase of the practice, I will suggest now direct your attention up into the space ab- above you. Well, you don't need to look up with your eyes, but it, and what you're doing here is just as you did when atten- trying to hear the sound off to my right, you're directing your mental attention as far as you can, okay? Way up as far as you can, and then down and down. And the idea here is to expand the space of your awareness. So it's really just that. Very, very spacious, okay? So that's it. Now, the culmination of the practice, 
is where Tsongkhapa starts and ends. Because his practice, his, his description of awareness of awareness is the most concise that I've seen anywhere from any teacher. And that is, he says, okay, now just rest your awareness in the sheer luminosity and sheer cognizance of awareness. And that's it. That's all he has to say about it. right? And so the instructions can be very concise. That's some of the most concise. And that's where we'll end. So we will do, once again, the oscillation, the, the, re, the release, the inversion, release, inversion. We'll, we'll do that. Move through it pretty quickly. right? And I'm almost finished here with the preface. And then we'll go through this expansion. And then when we finished all of the different kind of Almost, it's really, it is, it is. It's, exer- it's, it's exercising. It's like working out in a gym. It really is. But when we finished all of that, very much like, and Miles knows exactly what I'm going to say, very much like warming up before you run a, a, a marathon or even a triathlon. You're going to really warm up before then, and then once you've you know, stretched all the muscles, got them nice and warm, okay, now set out on your, your great challenge. And so likewise, after we warmed up, we kind of stretched and we inverted and you know, in all different different directions. When you're all kind of all warmed up, loose and relaxed and flexible, then then you go simple, and then you just rest in awareness of awareness, and that's it. And it doesn't change from that. It's from there until shamatha, and that's why I like I really like this this image of the the burning the burning coals. That doesn't that is if the coal says, okay, now that you put me on the snowbank, what do I need to do? What do I need to do here? Uh, you know, how do I get down to the bottom of the snowbank? And don't do anything. You're, you're a lump of coal. What do you think you can do? You're a lump of coal. You can't do much. Just sit there and be bright. Hola, so find a comfortable position. Settle your body, speech, and mind in the natural state. And for a little while, relaxing and releasing deeply with every out-breath, calm the conceptually discursive mind with mindfulness of breathing.
Let your eyes be at least partially open. Evenly rest your awareness in the space in front of you. And for a little while, don't focus your attention on anything at all. Don't meditate on anything. Simply be present in the present moment. Sustaining a flow of mindful presence without distraction and without grasping. and accentuate your awareness of something of which you are already aware. And that, of course, is the awareness of being aware. Rest right there without deliberately directing your attention to anything else, to any appearances, any objects of the mind. Let your awareness be silent, releasing all thoughts that may come to mind. Then at your own pace, begin the oscillation. This entails force, force, 
forcefully, that is, with concentration, with some effort, inverting your awareness right in upon the experience of being aware, which is to say, it's not coming inside your head or coming, coming to any other place. It's simply a withdrawal with concentration of your awareness away from all appearances, really focusing in upon this immediate sense of being aware. And then utterly relaxing, releasing your awareness into space, but space with no object. Space with no concepts or thoughts. While gently, ever so gently, sustaining the flow of awareness of awareness. Arousing and focusing your attention in upon itself, thereby overcoming laxity. And utterly releasing, relaxing fully, thereby overcoming the imbalance of excitation. Set your own rhythm. As a preliminary practice, you may do so with the breath if you wish, if it's helpful. Otherwise, set your own pace. Invert your awareness in upon your experience of being the meditator, the one who is inverting and releasing your awareness. Do you have a sense of being the agent, the one who's doing this as you invert? Focus your awareness in upon your sense, your sense of being the agent and release into space as before. Even when you're not consciously doing anything, 
when you're just being present? Do you have a sense of being the observer, the witness, someone in here, the subject, who's experiencing appearances, experiencing your own awareness, as you invert your awareness, invert it right in upon that which is observing, and see what comes to mind. Nothing, an appearance, Observe closely, arousing and focusing your attention. Then release your awareness without object into space. As you invert your awareness in upon the observer, if an appearance comes to mind, the sense of yourself as the subject, then examine more closely what is aware of that appearance. With form or without form? Now direct your attention straight up into space above you. With no object, simply extend your awareness, the focus of your attention, as far as you can, directly up into objectless space. Let your awareness come 
and rest in its own place. Direct your awareness out into the space to your right, as far as your attention can reach, with no object. And back to the center. your awareness out into the space to your left. Back to the center. Now direct your awareness down into the space of the mind below. So not into the earth element, not into any form. down into the space below as far as your awareness can reach. to the center. And now with your eyes closed, let your awareness descend to your heart as if the very locus of your awareness, your perspective from which you're looking, is the center of your chest, the heart chakra. Rest your awareness there. eyes open once again, we'll 
release your awareness into space with no boundaries, no directionality, just releasing with no object into boundless space. Now simply rest effortlessly, your awareness coming to rest in its own place, holding its own ground, sustaining a flow of awareness of the sheer luminosity and cognizance of consciousness itself. Whatever thoughts arise, release them, or just let them be, as your awareness holds its own ground.
In our very short time together now, before the end of the retreat, I'd like to feel just live questions. So no more written ones, they really stack up. And so any questions about this practice in particular? So is it nice, crystal clear? Yes, Patrice, we'll need the microphone, please. It needs, uh, it's not turned on. Can you elaborate on what the difference is between awareness that it extends all the way out into limitless space versus awareness that holds its own ground? What do you mean by holding its own ground? Not going anywhere not being drawn away. It's almost like you're surrounded by a, 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 a sirens, you remember from Greek mythology? Think uh, the, so let's say spirits or whatever creepy quality things that would like to pull you off. Think about the past. What, oh, don't, for, don't forget about the future. Oh, what about this? What about me? Hey, hey, hey. You know, calling you from all sides, drawing you out into the sense fields, into ruminations of the past, the future, cogitations, worrying about the present, and so forth. Holding your own ground means just say no, except for you don't even need to say no. Just don't budge. So it's just right there, resting right here where you are with no directionality and sustaining a flow of something. You, and again, it's also ever so important. Sustaining a flow of knowing, you, knowing something that you already know. In other words, it's not trying to do something new. Like, oh, how, do I, how can I become aware that I'm aware? Hey, you're already aware that you're aware, right? And so it's resting just in that and without adding anything onto it. That's holding its own ground. So it's really simple. And it's really, when you learn how to relax, you see, actually, it takes a lot of relaxation to see how effortless this is. The more agitated you are, the tighter you are, then it will seem like, well, this is really hard, not being pulled off here, not being pulled off there. That's just because you're so tense. You, you, I mean, one, generically. It's so tense that it's got, you, got, you can be pulled in all different directions. But when you loosen up, it would be like having somebody just cover your whole body with coconut oil and then other people trying to grab a hold of you. You don't need to give a lot of effort. You just go really limp, and they just, whoa, whoa, and they just can't pull you off. So that's awareness of awareness. And the other one, it's, it's it really, I don't, I don't know what other, any other words to use. It's just a simple sense of utter release. But let's put it this way. For those of you who studied Buddhist philosophy, you'll know something called what Jeffrey Hopkins, my mentor, uh, calls a... Um, an, a, an affirming negation, okay? I call it a complex negation in the sense that we're negating one thing and affirming another, okay? And so a treeless plane, okay? It doesn't have any trees, but it is a plane. That's the classic example in Buddhist philosophy. Well, likewise, this practice uh, entails the implementation of a complex negation. I don't want to get too fancy here, but it is actually quite simple. And that is... There's an affirmation here and a negation. And the negation is not attending to any thoughts, any appearances, any objects of the mind that is out there. Not. So it's a cessation, a cutting away, a not, an abstraction, and a removal of all of that. But it's not just dwelling in nothing. It is a release of all of those appearances. So it's not that. It's non-conceptual non-objective, and so forth. But So what are we affirming? We're affirming something that is actually happening, and that is, boy, I am positively aware of being conscious. 
That's not a negation. That's like, I get it. I'm not dead. I'm not unconscious and so forth. And so that's the nature of this practice. That is, we're releasing everything else. That's the not part. And then we're affirming only one thing in terms of the deliberate uh, congealing, com composing of awareness. And that is just awareness itself. I don't think I can use much clearer words. So and, it, and in practice, it's really simple. I used a lot of words to, to refer to something really simple. So the feeling that we get when we release our awareness out into all the directions of space, when we go back to holding awareness in its own ground, do we maintain that feeling that we have when we've released awareness all into space? Well, there is an oscillation here. Yeah. The idea, again, like working out, is keep on pushing the envelope. How released, how objectless can you get? How totally can you unravel? Just like, almost like you're dying. Okay, I give up everything. Like, giving up everything in, at all at once is nirvana. You remember, uh, remember Shantideva? So just, this is not open presence. This is, that is not being open to, oh, sights, sounds, smells, tastes, oh, cool. Not that. Releasing with no object, right? But it's that quality of totally letting go. That openness. You keep that sense of, of looseness. looseness. But then when you're focusing on awareness of awareness, now the issue of space doesn't even come up. Where is justice? Where is beauty? Where's where is the square root of minus one? You know, categorical error. So to think, okay, well, likewise, where's awareness? In behind my eyeballs or in my heart or throat? Where is it? Categorical error. It's non-physical, therefore to place it in physical space is a categorical error. But, it, but what's left when you, re, re, when you release all appearances, it's, um, there's just only one, one thing left, and that is, oh, I'm aware. Think again of the analogy of being in the perfect sensory deprivation tank with somebody having waved the wand over your head so all of your conceptualizations have all vanished and still something's left. And that's all that's left. Right? Okay. Good. Off to Mike, right behind you. Okay. Uh, there's two different ways you've described the awareness of awareness that uh, I guess a little bit confused me, or I'd, I'd at least like to find out if there's two different things or if I'm just confusing it. As it should be one thing. One is awareness of awareness. Yeah. And when I think of it like that, that's when I get. I think I've mentioned to you a kind of spiraling. You know, like. Awareness of the awareness of the awareness of the Hold awareness the mic the right towards your mouth. Sorry, uh, the, I get a kind of spiraling thought of the awareness of the awareness of the awareness of the awareness. The don't other way it, you don't make it complicated. The other it's, way you it's only in the present moment. So it's not going earlier moment, earlier moment, earlier moment. It's really simple. Don't make it complicated. Everybody, don't make it complicated. Don't keep it extremely simple. Bearing in mind, this is like having a little bit of living tissue covered around by a whole bunch of dead skin. Just cut away the dead skin, and what's left over is the living tissue. Cut away everything else, and something you can't cut away. I mean, if you could took a drug that could knock you out, if you could do that, okay, then you wouldn't be conscious. But apart from that, as long as you're aware, if you cut away everything else, the one thing you can't cut away is awareness of awareness. You can't say, okay, now I'll withdraw from that. No can do. Not as long as you're still luminous, clear, bright, attentive. So that's the one thing remaining. So keep it simple. Well, the simple way, and the, the other way that it sounds sounds different to me, that you and I and you've used the term, yeah, uh, is sheer awareness. 
for achieving, uh, achieving something sounds like too much, but for just reducing your awareness to its bare essentials so it can know itself. Now, can a single moment, now we go to Buddhist philosophy very briefly, but we already covered it, so this is a repetition. Can a single moment of awareness take itself as the object? Buddhist answer, no. That is, at least from Prasangika Madhyamaka. But, Buddhist philosophy, can you right now be aware that you are aware and sustain that flow of being aware of being aware, being aware of being aware? The answer is yes. How do we understand that, Buddhist philosophy? That you're aware of the immediately preceding moment and in terms of very, very short work, short-term working memory. But again, that's an awful lot of words to describe something really, really simple. And so a koan, I've never worked with koan, so I, I, I really, I, I'm an outsider. I know people who have, but I'm not one of them. And so I won't try to describe something I've never experienced at all. Uh, but in a way, I feel this is not like a koan, like mu, or I don't know, there are a number of other classics. I don't quite know what to do with mu. I, I would kind of say mu to you, too. But I don't think that's the right answer. I, I, I was, see? But at least I got that one right. I knew what wasn't the right answer. It wasn't playing with goats. And, and, and the, the, fir- the first one is moo, and the second one's ba. <laughs> hmm. Ba? <laughs> you know? So you know, clearly, I'm just showing I'm a total outsider there. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. It actually is directions that you can follow literally. And you can be aware of being aware. And you f- can find that. The, the natural stillness of awareness becomes more and more evident. The more you release grasping, what's left over is stillness. The more you release grasping onto conceptualization, the smog of the mind, the rumination, and so forth, then the natural clarity of awareness becomes more and more evident. So that stillness, the clarity, the cognizance that's right in the very nature of that stillness just becomes more and more and more manifest, unveiled, the dense, dead skin just kind of peeling off, peeling off, peeling off. And in the process, without your attending to it, that is, without your specifically watching the space of the mind and its events arising within it, without specifically watching your mind settle in its natural state, it is. It's almost like hiring a babysitter. Take care of my mind. I want to just sit in my office and do my work. So babysitter, take care of the kids, make sure they get to bed and do everything needed for them. But... So here's your salary, but just take care of it. I don't want to deal with that. And so I want to have my mind settle in its natural state, but I'm not really interested in watching it happen. So just handle it. Because frankly, I'm just kind of exhausted with being human. I've done it for years now. I put in my time. (laughs) And it just lost its interest for me. And let alone all the stuff of the mundane world. Right now, Romney and, and the other guy, what's his name, Obama, they're debating, right now they're debating, and the fate of the, the, the planet may hinge on, you know, who wins the debate. Um, and after a while, they say, yeah, well, whatever. Good, good luck. May humanity survive. But I'm going to be dead soon anyway, so I'd like to just figure out what's going on. You know? And cutting it real simple. So there you are, you're just going into a quality of awareness that's not even human. But it's bright, it's clear, discerning, it's intelligent. And it's home. Okay. Yeah. Over to the right, Elizabeth. Okay. To the right, we'll go this way this time. It's another 
question of awareness of awareness. Um, if awareness is still, which I feel very strongly it is, how can I move it here, there, and everywhere? I feel I can't. I just sit aware, but I can't shift it. Yeah. Th th tell me something. I'd like, I'd like to ask you a favor. Your left hand, I'd like to use it. See if you can would you see if you can raise it about, not that high, only half that high. Can you put it down again? How did you do that? I've often reflected on that, and <coughs> I, I've tried it, and <coughs> I've been meditating, and I've thought, okay, I'm going to move my hand, and I move it, and then I thought, how did I do that? And there's absolutely no way I can see how I did it. But, but you did. You must know how to do it, so please tell me how to do it. Because well, if I'm know, sitting here, you know, if I've not figured out how to, how to work this gadget yet, <laughs> you know, like... It's just not working, you know. <laughs> You've obviously got, you know how to work your machine, and I haven't figured mine out yet, except for the mouth, of course. <laughs> so how did you do that? Because I, I think these could be, these appendages could be useful, you know. It's interesting. You don't know. I don't know. It just moves. You can't tell me how to move your arm? No, something... Not the actual moment when I decide. But just let a, just how do you do it? I mean, I can tell you how to file your income tax. I can tell you how to do a lot of things. So can't you tell me how to move my arm? <laughs> I, I can see this whole group, you know, when you're off in, in, in the doctor's office and so forth, waiting if you kind of going... <laughs> These Buddhists are very easily entertained, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're like, this is a pretty cool machine. I think I can actually do something with this. You know? I know I make a decision somewhere. But okay, but if, if you can't tell me how to move an arm, then I don't think I need to tell you how you can move your attention. Because it's the same. You just do it. You just if do it's it. still and everywhere, how do you move it? With grasping. A and I can tell you, it's a mental factor called intention. Intention. Intention moves the mind. Intention, that's the core of karma. That's the, that's the driver of karma. Intention. Now, does the, uh, does the awareness ever move unintentionally? Of course it does. It's called distraction. It's called rumination. Whenever people say, I'm ruminating, I kind of think, yeah, that's like sitting in the, in the back seat of the car and saying, I'm driving. <laughs> you may think you're ruminating, but I'm thought you're being ruminated. <laughs> if you were ruminating, then you just stop, right? And so it has to be a passive, it has to be a passive verb. But then you use the mind and awareness as the same thing. No, I don't. I never do. Because you just changed. I didn't. I have never used. I it, in living memory, I haven't used a mind and awareness. In the same awareness. When I say, "Let your awareness be still and observe the movements of the mind." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ever heard that one before? <laughs> Notice this first step of, of settling the mind in its natural state. The distinction between the stillness of awareness and movements of the mind. You, you heard that one, yeah? Yeah. Okay. They're not the same. No, I didn't think they were. But 
just moved from talking about awareness in the next breath you said settling the mind. I do talk about different things from breath to breath. That's true. <laughs> I have been noted to do that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Simple answer is grasping happens. Grasping happens. Sometimes we do it deliberately. That's true. Mostly it happens involuntarily, just like rumination. Rumination is a type of grasping. Mostly it's, it's involuntary. At the same time, if I wish to think about I want to think right now about the front desk, how gracious they've been, just homogeneously so helpful. You know, I'm thinking about them right now. I'm thinking, wow, how could they be any nicer? So that's that I'm deliberately thinking about something, right? And so that's done. And I'm directing my attention to them. And many other occasions, thought just happens, rumination just happens. You have to wrap it up because other people want to speak as well. So but I thought that was the mind. That's, that's an, act, that, an activity of the mind, of course. And, aware, and activities of the mind entail awareness. Sure. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Awareness is a simple part. Awareness, going back to Graham and to Mike, awareness by definition is simply that sheer luminosity and cognizance. That's it. That's a defining characteristic. right? But I can think about income taxes. I can uh, have nostalgia about the past, fantasize about the future. I can dream. I can go into dreamless sleep, uh, maybe lucidly. And awareness is, co is, is covering all of those. It's going into all of those. That's why I feel that any discipline that calls itself a science of the mind and which has no explanation for the nature, the origins, potentials, or activities of awareness is, and mis that is, they're calling themselves by the wrong name. Because if you don't know what awareness is, you really don't know what mind is. You may not know what a computer program is. You may know how to program a computer, a robot, and so forth. But those are the activities. I mean, they're, they're, uh, as you probably know, there are computer programs that can beat almost any chess player on the planet. Right? Do they play chess? No, they don't play chess at all. There's no one there playing chess. There's no one understanding anything at all. There's no one planning any moves. There's no one that enjoys winning or, uh, or feels unhappy on the extremely rare occasion of being defeated. There's nothing happening there at all. It, there's nothing happening in that computer that's, that's you know, beating the chess players. There's nothing more cognizant happening in that computer than there is in this paper napkin. It's just a program. It's a mindless program developed by very intelligent people, consciously. And they're putting the program into something that is no more conscious than a paper napkin. Right? So if all one understands is the program, then you haven't understood the mind at all. And that's why people still you know, talk about mind. I mean, Stephen Hawking. I mean, I respect him in so many ways, and at this one point, I don't respect what he said. It's not disrespecting him as a person. It's a very important point. But there's one thing he said. Oh, consciousness or the mind is like a program, and the brain is, is the hardware. I don't think that's a very deep insight into anything at all, into computers, into software, into mind or consciousness. I think it's kind of like totally pointless statement based upon nothing much of anything, which is kind of disappointing when I was expecting so much more after his profound insights into the role of consciousness and the uh, role of the observer participant in nature as a whole. Like I had my expectations up a little bit. And then by the way, he said, oh, by the way, when you die, then you're just snuffed out. Okay, well, that, you know, okay, I, I understand why you say that, but I don't think that's very insightful, right? So if one is still in the mode of thinking the mind is just a program, then it's no wonder that we have people in artificial intelligence, robotics, and so forth, to say, oh yeah, my com and, I, and I've studied this. When I studied cognitive psychology at Stanford, they make the most idiotic statements, some people. 
talking about computers having, robots having emotions, and computers thinking this and remembering that and so forth, and some of them are taking quite literally, is after all, the mind is just the, it's just the brain, the brain is just a computer, organic, so we're creating a computer over here, this, this is an organic conscious computer, this is an inorganic conscious computer, and they say, well, we've, we've created consciousness, this because we've got a program. I find that just really, I don't, know, I don't want to be too disparaging here, but moronic, idiotic, demented, foolish, idiotic, crazy, dumb. Um, I could find a pejorative term if I think about it. Anything on this side? Yes, over to Jen. Alan, uh, the past couple of days, um, you know, when you start out the meditations, um, one of the first things you begin with is uh, let your awareness descend into the, in the descend into the body. I've said it many times. Yes, exactly. And then uh, you've also followed that up now with let your awareness illuminate the space of the body. Yeah, two different phrases so and the two different meanings. Okay, so can yeah. you please elaborate on the distinction? Be happy to. Sure. The first one, really, and I've used it for a long time, and I'll probably use it again. Uh, and it's for different phases, kind of different phases of maturation in the same practice. Uh, so when I when I teach this to complete novices, people who never meditated before, um, I'll often say, "Okay, now let your awareness descend into the ground, right down to the ground, the earth element." And I'm assuming, maybe I'm assuming falsely, but I'm assuming that when people hear this, they already have a sense of being located inside the head. I look over at Daniel and look into his eyes and he feels I'm looking right at him. He's looking at me back, back by way of visual perception, of course. And so since we're something like 80% ocular as a species, great major emphasis on the visual cortex, then just for that alone, the very strong sense that, you know, when Steph and I are looking at each other, looking at, if I look down at your chest or down at your knee or your foot, you'd think, what, what are you looking down there for? If I look into your eyes, that seems totally normal. Now, you know, I'm looking at you. Whereas if I look really anywhere else, even to your mouth, you wonder, why are you looking there? Right? And so then, quite naturally, mano a mano, I want to speak to you man to man. And where do I look? Into your eyes, which gives you a strong sense. Okay, I'm looking at you now, that you're right behind your eyeballs. Well, of course, what's right behind your eyeballs is a whole bunch of chemicals and electricity, none of which are you. Right? But we do tend to place ourselves, having that strong identification, let alone all the compound interest of you are a brain, you are a brain, your mind and brain are the same. All that brainwashing we've had for what, like 50 years or 100 years or so. Um, and so if we're already assuming that I'm in here inside my head, then, well, go down to the basement. That would be better than being up there. Go down to the basement. Oh, oh it's much quieter down there. Earth element. That's nice. It's non-conceptual. It's grounding. It's relaxing. I'm just experiencing the sensation of my body in contact with the cushion. So I, I was already inside, and I'm simply asking, go to a more peaceful floor in the building, down to the basement. It's quiet down there, it's grounded, it's peaceful, more stable. Right? And then, okay, now expand, but don't get it all congealed up in the head again. Now let your awareness okay, permeate the whole field, and now that feels, oh, that kind of, that's kind of expansive. Oh, yeah, I got a torso, got arms, cool. Legs, oh, down to toes. That's nice. Wow. I got a whole body, it seems. Of course, I don't seem to have any body at all, but at least it's nice space. And so one is coming from where people already are. But now as one matures in the practice 
and especially once you've dipped your toes into settling the mind in its natural state. I never say, now come into the space of the mind. Never say that. I think, don't think I ever say that. Let the space of your mind be illuminated by, right? And then, while holding your own ground, your awareness being still, once you get the knack of that, you can actually attend to the space of the mind without coming into it. Cognitive fusion being sucked in, absorbed by emotions, desires, thoughts, memories, and so forth. Very much like a lucid dream. Then, okay, if you've got that, okay, now let's come back to the body. And now let's have an out-of-body experience. Attending to the somatic space, very much as we earlier attended to mental space. And then we can see, oh, but I can do this for all of the fields. The visual, without entering into, I can simply be aware of. Visual impressions arising within that space, sound, smell, and taste. And so that's why there's something of progression there. But yeah, you, you heard it right. Sometimes I'm saying come into it, and other times, but much later in this eight-week retreat, suggested hold your own ground and just illuminate it, rather, rather like a projector in a, cine, in a cinema hall. The projector stays up in the projector booth, but then illuminates the, the, uh, the screen. Yeah? Oh, yeah, hopefully it's getting clear. Coming down to the finish line. Close, close. All right. I'm almost out of words. I'm looking into my, cha into my change pocket. I have very few words left. I better use them parsimoniously. Enjoy your day. Anybody who's listening, by podcast. If you would like to let us know that you're interested in engaging in a kind of a long-term contemplative retreat, uh, then please write to info at sbinstitute.com or to Sangye Wamo, who's our wonderful person there that takes care of this, and ask her for the questionnaire so your voice can be heard and we can know you're out there. Because the people I'm working with would really like to know, as they're trying to raise funds, uh, for how many observatories shall we try to raise funds? Because we obviously don't want to raise funds for one, create, and then have nobody come. So if you're interested, please write to info at sbinstitute.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.